I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the Oh, welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, lead analyst at Free Dawkins on YouTube, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com, flying his way to the DFW area. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Hey, we've entered that time of the year to where people freak out about Instagram posts. You just Sometimes you just see an Instagram post, and it has some subtlety in it that mentions a team and Potentially, that player could have, you know, a free agency period coming up, and potentially that that area that he mentions could have some cap space. And you just gotta post it, man. You just you screen cap that thing and you post it, and people are allowed to respond however they want. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it is remember t- when, t- the season. I think it was Nick Batum a couple summers ago posted <laughs> that picture of like his like plane ticket that said to Dallas and it got everybody <laughs> like super hyped and everything. But you should be hyped that he did not come to Dallas because that contract is still paying <laughs> him Nick or Whiteside. Speaking of, so the the post we're mentioning of is Jimmy Butler posted this picture of on Instagram on his story of him flying to Dallas, which he's from Texas, right? Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, so it's not like Tom he's coming here. <laughs> He's not like, oh, I'm going to do a free agent meeting. It'd still be tampering at this moment, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. of course it was, you know, whatever you want to say. I mean, I will say Luka Doncic is back in town. So, I mean. (laughs) Players do come and play at the Mavs facility, though. We've we've been over that last summer when Miles Turner was there. and LaMarcus uh, Aldridge played last summer. Yeah, a bunch of of guys come and and play uh, that still live in area. Monte Ellis plays a lot up at the practice facility and stuff. So still, I heard he still gets buckets, Isaac. Is that true or false? Of course, Monte. Monte will always get <laughs> always buckets. get buckets. Uh, but yeah, I mean, obviously nobody knows what Jimmy why Jimmy's going to Dallas. He's just coming to visit friends in Texas, probably. But of course, he posts that on his Instagram, and everybody uh, is having fun with it. And it's fun. I mean, any any potential free agent, bigger name free agent, who would post on their story, "Hey, Dallas, here we come," and it's a they're in yeah, a plane. Right. <laughs> Everybody's gonna have fun with it. And so. He didn't even post just like wheels up in da- wheels up heading to Dallas. It's like Dallas, here we come. It's like, oh, okay. Yes, hmm. I'm pr- pretty confident. Kyrie Irving posted on his Instagram story. So good to be in L.A. Uh, New York. Right now. Here we go, everybody New York. Would, yes, everybody would be uh, flipping out. Big but, Apple. Uh, it's fun stuff. Oh, man. Speaking of contracts, what did you think of the Damian Lillard potential Supermax extension? I mean, I I, I love it for both. I mean, I, we, I, I just want him to stay in Portland. I want him to be their version of, you know, Dirk in a, in a way. Uh, I have a hot take. I have a semi-hot take. He's not going to be their yeah. version of Dirk. He's going to be their version of Reggie Miller. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he's not going to win a title probably. So, he's going to be like, yeah, great. Reggie Miller. I like that comp. Um, but no, I, I just, I, yeah, I love when franchises have these type of guys that can stay there. And I do too. And I, the last thing I want to hear is for people to look at that and say, Hey, if he's serious about winning, he needs to take a pay cut. And no, I just don't want to, I just don't want to hear that, you know? So cool. I hope he gets it. It seems like a lot of money, but that's a lot of years away. We don't know what cap will look like when he's making what, <laughs> 
fifty million dollars, whatever that yeah, last so, year is. So it's a four year deal that starts after not next season, but the season after that. So the two thousand twenty what did I say, twenty two season? I mean, they can't offer it until what, next summer or something? Yeah, they're just planning on it. They're planning I mean, there's on a... giving in that extension. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, it's like it Dallas the, coming out. It, I mean, it's it would start in the 2021-22 season. He'd make 46 million, then 49, then 52.8 in 2024-25. Yikes. <laughs> and so a lot of people were like, "Man, that's just ridiculous. 50 I mean, 52.8 million looks like so much money." And it is. It's just it's a ridiculous amount of money, especially in NBA terms where we're looking at Chris Paul making 40 million. We're like, "Oh, that's insane." But Lillard be making 10 million more than that. Um Yeah. But the the salary cap in 2004-05 was 43.8 million. Dang. Lillard's going to make 52.8 million 20 years after that. That's insane. That's how the league has grown. Get that money. Get that money. Get that. But no, I mean for a franchise like that, that that's the definition of how do you measure like success if you're not going to win a title because I mean you really could if they lock him in and you're looking at you know five or six years from now, you you probably you could as long as he stays healthy and they keep McCollum and stuff, you could be looking at a team that says, man, we've made the playoffs like eight years in a row. Yeah, you know we we our franchise player has been here his whole career. What a really cool story, and like that stuff just means a lot. At least it does to me. You might not have a title to show for it, but you have a lot of cool memories, a lot of nice run there that people are going to look back and say, man, remember those Damian Lillard Portland teams? Those are tough teams that just never could get over the hump, but yeah, you never a, know. They could get somebody else. And it's a big question. Like the starters are talking today. Are Kevin Durant's titles going to mean as much as some of these other titles? Like stop. One, yes, is, they will. Is one title, but what, it was, what do you think of the sentimentality of a fan base now you know, loving Damian Lillard. What what means more to you? The winning the titles, but going to a city that's not going to embrace you the same as like Portland will with Damian Lillard, or spending your whole career with Portland. It's just like, what do you value as a player? What yeah, do you value I d- as a person? And that's it's kind of an interesting thought process. I think it I think it matters of what lens that you're looking through too. Are you looking at what matters to you personally? Or are you looking at what matters to you when it comes to grading all time grades? For instance, I don't I don't when it's all said and done, I don't think KD's rings are gonna have any they're not gonna be tainted, they're not gonna have asterisks behind beside them or nothing. It when it's all said and done, it's gonna be Kevin Durant, three titles or four titles, or this and that. And it's just gonna be like these stats. Now it, it's not going to hurt him being a top 10 player of all time when it's all done. Probably. I think the only way that stuff goes into the equation is and my whole thing. When it goes into like LeBron, I don't know if I could ever put Kevin Durant as the best player of all time because he, you know, he did so have matter. that help. It helps. It matters when you're talking about the goat conversation, just like LeBron's finals losses don't matter as far as like proving that he's great, yeah. but it matters in the goat conversation. So, that's the thing that always gets me with the GOAT conversation. Of You're talking about the greatest player of all time. you got to check every single mark, not just you know most most of them. So, Mark Cuban, Mark Madsen, Mark Brandanowitz. <laughs> Mark Aguirre. Check all the marks. But no, I, yeah, I mean, I don't – yeah, stop. We could go all day as far as the help that people had. And, I mean, from LeBron to Magic to – I mean, it goes all day. Those people that's won titles that see. I think I think certain titles mean more. Like Dirk's title is going to mean more than any of. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Okay, now they matter. 
no titles. Yeah, there's certain titles that mean more for sure. Dirk's not having you know that that all star cast around him. Yes, that Pistons title. I love that Pistons title, and I hate when people try to say, "Oh, the worst teams that's won titles have been the Mavs, the Pistons, like all this different stuff." I'm like, stop to that. Like that Pistons title is super special. If I was a Pistons fan, I, I mean, you obviously hold on to that forever, and that's so cool. I mean, that Lakers team had Shaq and Kobe on it. I mean, stop. Heck yeah, <laughs> stop. That was a good team. All right, so today on the podcast, we have already started, obviously, but we're going to talk about the all-rookie teams, obviously. Jalen Brunson snubbed, just absolutely snubbed in the second team. So we'll talk about about that. And then we're going to try to fit in um, Chris Middleton and Malcolm Brogdon free agency profiles. We figured they played last night, they're in the series, and uh, not super optimistic about getting either of them, but we might as well try to uh, profile them so we'll go over all that and this is going to be the format that we'll use for the rest of our free agent profiles so the all rookie teams came out today and we made our case for Jalen brunson and that he should be on all rookie second team you know going into we tried yeah yeah we tried we tried pushing that hard and stuff so i tweeted out the stat today comparing him to lander shamit i didn't say that he should make it over shamit i just simply just stated a fact on some, on some stats and i've never seen so many shamit fans in my life come at me as far as i mean there's people who quote tweet me clippers fans different like mavs fans <laughs> oh yeah mavs fan i'm like listen guys I, okay i'm not saying shamit doesn't deserve it he's a great young player um and have you seen the, the advanced analytics of shamit he played for you know playoff teams and one person was like most of those people don't have a synergy account <laughs> I would, yeah, I would probably say attack. <laughs> uh, but then, like, I don't like the argument. A lot of people quote tweet or said something to me like he played on Landry Shamit played on two playoff teams. <laughs> yeah, what you get credit for the one, you don't get credit for two. <laughs> yeah, and I would say, okay, what about the all in all rookie first team? All of these guys played on teams that sucked. So don't don't try to like I think I think you get extra credit like, for playing on a playoff team because your numbers I think, your numbers yeah. are gonna be lower because you're playing with better players and you're playing games that matter. I agree I, do, with, I agree with that. I I think it gives you extra credit, but I don't think it's the end all tell all. Like wow. I had people I had some people in my mention saying you should be calling out Colin Sexton into instead of Shamit. No, that's no, that's dumb. Colin Sexton is should be should have been a lock. He was like yeah. that. It doesn't matter that he was on the Cavs and like you can't. So there's a two way street with that. Of I do get it with Sham of like he did play for Philly and, and the Clippers and he you know he's a good role piece for them, but he also got traded. How value can you be? How valuable can you be if you get traded? Huh? Huh? Answer that, Shamites. Shamites. <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, I don't like, yeah, I like, I like Landry Shaman. He deserves to be on the team. I yeah, just yeah. putting a point the fact out that Brunson averaged more points, rebounds, assists, had better field goal percentage, you know? So I, th- I think there could be a case made. Don't get me wrong. I think there definitely could be a case made for Brunson over Shamit, but you know, Shamit has, you know, some better advanced stats quotes and a better three point percentage. So obviously, um, Luka Doncic made first team, but let's take a quick break and let's talk about the rest of the first team, rest of the second team, and uh, how many votes they got right after this. All right, Isaac. So Luka Doncic, one of two unanimous first team all rookies. The other one is Trey Young, obviously. 
And then I have some questions about the rest of it. So Trey Young, DeAndre Ayton, Jaron Jackson Jr., Marvin Bagley. That's your first team. It's the first time since, I think, what do they say, 86, 85, that all five so. of the top rookies made all first team, which is pretty wild. Yeah, it's incredible. It's like I mean, I, rookie year. I think every single person had that, you know, if you're trying to project all rookie teams, you had that those you know, those five right there. And, and it that, was yeah, it was a pretty wide margin. I mean, Marvin Bagley had fifty six first team votes. The next closest was Shea Gilgis and Colin Sexton. They had forty and thirty nine first team votes. So it was like it was a pretty big margin. Yeah, and they deserve all five of them deserve it Agreed. absolutely for sure. Agreed. Um there's second a couple, round, second team is where it gets a little interesting. Second team is where it obviously it always gets interesting. Uh, you got your Yogi Ferrells that make the second team some years. True. <laughs> who true. played like thirty games? Um, there's one person that didn't vote for Jaron Jackson Jr. For anything? Yep. Uh just because because there's a hundred there's a hundred total votes, and he got uh ninety nine. He got sixty first team and thirty nine second team. He's the only player on the first team that didn't get. You know, a hundred votes, either first or second. I mean, he played fifty-eight games, so I mean, that's what he missed twenty-four games on the year. So I guess whoever oh, decided How to do that, he? okay, cool, whatever, dude. So the second team: Gilgis Alexander, Colin Sexton, Landry Shamit, Mitchell Robinson, and Kevin Herter of the Hawks. That's the second team. Uh, also receiving votes. This is in order of points. So you get two points for a first team vote, one point for a second team vote. Mikhail Bridges, Kevin Knox, Josh Akogi, and then Jalen Brunson got 10 points. Alonzo Trier also got 10 points. Then it went Kuroks, Wendell Carter Jr., Miles Bridges, Bruce Brown, <laughs> Harry Giles, Mo Bamba. Who voted Aaron, for Mo Bamba? And Aaron Holiday. One person voted second team for Mo Bamba. You know who it was? No. It was Sheck West. Oh my gosh! Get out of here! Um, like my body, Mo. So I'm balling. I thought Mikel Bridges would be Voting would be a lot. Stop it, Nick! <laughs> I thought Mikel Bridges would be a lot for the second team. I thought the last spot would come down between Herder, Brunson, and Shamit. You know who didn't think he was a lock for, for all rookie team? The voters. Mikel Bridges. No, you're talking about Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges tweeted that out. Oh, today. I got my Bridges mixed up. Brooklyn. Get your bridges right. Uh, this part, I tweeted this out today, and this part was kind of shocking. Kevin Knox. Kevin Knox received 22 second team votes. Yeah. Josh Okoji, Kogi, whatever. Jalen Brunson, Trier, Kuruks, they all received less, less than half, half the amount yeah. of Kevin Knox. Am I missing something about... Like, why did Kevin Knox get that much love over yeah, I don't I don't understand these that. guys? I mean, I think I would vote for Trier over Kevin Knox. And he's on they're the, on the same no, team. So you, the can't, same you can't just say it was the New York thing, right? Yeah, I don't think it was a New York thing, but, I mean, I would have voted for Brunson over Kevin Knox, Kuroks. Um, I don't know. If you want I to mean, talk about extra credit for being on a playoff team, Kuroks was starting for a playoff team in the beginning of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Josh Cody got some like solid minutes for Minnesota. I mean, I know they didn't make the playoffs, but yeah, one okay. Arguments aside, this draft class is gonna it's it looks like it's gonna be a, a historical one that we're gonna look like look at ten years from now and say, what an incredible draft class. Yeah. I mean, because I mean you're looking at cornerstones of the league and that first team, 
You're looking at, I mean, solid. I mean, just looking at the players that didn't make either one of the teams, the Mikel Bridges. I mean, people are talking about Kevin Knox being as much as we like throw shade at him about him being a part of the, a package for Anthony Davis. Uh, Jalen Brunson at 33 was an incredible, you know, steal at 33. I, I love that Mitchell Robinson made, you know, the second team where he was drafted in the second round. I love seeing second rounders overachieve. It's, it's one of my favorite things to see in the league of, what second round? That's why it, it's a portion of why I love Draymond Green so much of being a second round pick and just where he's at now. So it's also why you love Chandler Parsons so much. That is not true. Not not true at all. So we're recording this in the third quarter of Milwaukee Toronto, and Drake is just going insane on the sidelines. I mean, you'd think that he owns the team. Hmm. Just I mean, standing up, like almost walking out of the court and waving his arm wildly in a circle. What if Giannis just walked over and decked him? Whacked him right in the face. <laughs> so sit down. It would be, uh, it anyway. would be the only time a, a player goes and assaults a fan that it wouldn't just say assaulted a fan. It would say assaulted Drake. <laughs> uh, I don't have uh, – I'm not, like, super mad about any of the rookie team. I think they all deserve it. I think I think they all deserve it, and then I think a few guys that didn't make it deserve it also. I, th- I This is one of the few years that if they had a third team – it would halfway make sense. Yeah, you could fill it out. Mikhail Bridges, Knox, Akogi, Brunson, Trier. Boom. And then Kuroks could still be a snub, right? <laughs> like, yeah. So like wild. that just just shows you how deep the class is. And Mo Bamba, the sixth pick, didn't make it. Wendell Carter, top pick, didn't make it. That's pretty it's pretty good class. Miles Bridges, it could be fine. Michael Porter Jr. didn't make it. Yeah, well, yeah, didn't play a game. <laughs> Can't make it if you don't play games, Isaac. I don't know if you knew that. That's very true. Very true. All right. Anything else you want to say about this? No, I don't. I okay. Mean, oh, no, no, no. There's one person that voted for Miles Bridges' first team, and somebody voted the Josh Akogi first team. Miles Bridges' first team? Yes. From the Hornets. From the Hornets. The dude that tweeted out today talking about how horrible he was this year. Yeah. He received <laughs> one first place vote and four second team votes. Who voted for him first team? The Probably the person that didn't vote for Jaron Jackson. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Imagine fill, take filling that, out that take ballot that person's vote away with a conscience that you voted Miles Bridges. These need to be these need to be published, just like the MVP votes are. Yes, yes. Especially the the all all NBA ones because those actually matter for super maxes and money. Yes, for and sure. The difference in what money Kemba Walker can make if he makes you know all NBA. I do hate that media decides a lot of money for yeah, some players. I, I, yeah, that sucks. But I don't have an answer for it either, so I don't like complaining about something I don't have an answer for. And I don't make the decisions, so it just is <laughs> what it is. <laughs> All right, let's uh let's start with Chris you wanna start with Chris Middleton? Uh sure, man. This dude's automatic. <laughs> yeah, let's start with Chris Middleton on our free agent profiles. Again, these two are gonna be a little bit abridged um because of the availability, I think. But in these free agent profiles, we're gonna do strengths and weaknesses, maybe some misconceptions if we can find any. Uh, age comparison so we're going to look at some players you know around the league that are the same age some of it's kind of surprising just how old some of these guys are like Seth Curry is a little older than maybe you think um, availability we'll talk about whether the Mavericks have a shot at them and then price what, what we think maybe this player is going to eventually get what they're going to make and if the Mavericks can get them so that's what we're going to do for these free agent profiles and when we come back we'll start with Chris Middleton All right, Isaac. Chris Middleton, strengths. Let's start with there. Let's start right there. Chris Middleton is 
supposed to be a three and D kind of player, right? He's he's good shooting the three ball. He's good defender. He's been defending Kawhi this whole series. Uh, he's been giving him trouble, and he's got a long wingspan. He's got a really good outside shot, but he's he's become a little bit more than that, and that's why he's become this player that could potentially get a max or could get a max from Milwaukee. Uh, he can create his own shot. That's kind of a misconception. Maybe we can talk about. He can create his own shot a little bit. He can shoot catch and shoot shots. He can you know do a little fadeaway. He he's he's got a little bit more game than a three and D player, but he's like a souped up three and D player. Yeah, uh, Chris Middleton, man, this first player of these many profiles that we're <laughs> we're going to be doing on this pod over the next few weeks uh, leading into free agency, but. I mean, he literally is the one of the perfect fits for a Dallas team because he's really taken, you know, this next step in his career. Because people look at Milwaukee and say, well, "Okay, what they face if they face Golden State?" I mean, Golden State's second, third, and fourth best player. You know, they're talking about All Stars and stuff. You look across, you know, to the East, and Giannis has Chris Middleton as the second best player. And some people, a casual NBA fan, uh, would be like. Chris Middleton? Like, is he going to – Max? What? And uh, I fully expect him to get a max contract from Milwaukee. And just watching him uh, in this game tonight, just knocking down three after three. He's just going to get one because he's going to get – the market is just going to drive up his price, even if Milwaukee doesn't offer him one automatically, which they probably will. But he's just going to get one because the price – It's going to be like the Harrison Barnes one, right? Um (sighs) – I think there would be more suitors for Chris Middleton than what there were, would be for Barnes back then. Agreed. Be- because I think where we're at in today's game, everybody is dying for a, a shooter and a scorer like Middleton for his size and position. He's 6'8", 220, and what he can do with the basketball on the offensive end is uh, that's what everybody wants. And what, what makes him um, even more special is the fact that he can fit with anybody. You know, it's not a, you know, no matter what position you have uh, that you have a star or a superstar at, Middleton can fit. If you have a Kawhi or KD, Middleton can fit. If you have a, a Kyrie or a, you know, a Kemba Walker, Middleton can fit. If you have an, a Joel Embiid or a Jokic, Middleton can fit. He can fit with any type of superstar. So it's not like you can't get redundant with it. You know, if you had Kyrie, you wouldn't go after Kemba. Or if you had, you know, so like, there is no redundancy with with Chris Middleton. He can fit with anybody. So, yeah, he's he's 27 years old uh, or 28. You know, he's 27 years old. He just made his first All Star team this past year. He averaged 18 points. Uh, he shot 37 percent from three. Uh, he actually averaged six rebounds a game, which I thought was uh, kind of impressive for him. It was a little bit more than what I thought he would. Well, their their bigs don't really rebound except for Giannis. So that's true. That's true. That's kind of um, how the team is built yeah defensively this i don't like defensive stats a ton but when you look at you know middleton it is he's not uh, especially synergy synergy doesn't treat him super well when it comes to like a, a it wouldn't treat it doesn't treat him like a lockdown defender uh, even guarding a pick and roll ball handler uh, he gets the good rating he's in the 62nd percentile of the league 0.8 points per possession uh, in isolation it's kind of the same thing 56 percentile good so like he holds his ground but he's not I wouldn't put him in like a Kyrie level I mean a, a Kawhi I say, level <laughs> I wouldn't put him there either I wouldn't put him in that, you know, that Kawhi level, just go lock down somebody, yeah. you know, top five. 
those all those numbers probably also they hurt a little bit because he does guard their best player. The way that Milwaukee's defense is set up is he guards the best wing player, and Giannis kind of roams, and he's able to be yeah. their rim protector, be the guy that comes over and helps, sort of like what Draymond does. And that's the way that it really works for them. And they had one of the best defenses. They had the best defense this year in the regular season, and they still had the best defense in the, the postseason. So he's guarding the best player on the best defensive team. So I think that matters. <laughs> And you mentioned something when uh, you first started off talking about Middleton as far as a misconception about him. A lot of people do put that tag on Middleton as a 3 and D guy, and for a lot of us, we feel like that puts somebody in a box of you can only shoot threes in the corner and you can only defend somebody, you can't dribble. And Middleton can create his own shot. Yeah, it, you know, It's not if you have a Luka or Porzingis, I don't think you're going to put them on the wing and give the ball to Middleton and say, hey, let's go create because you, you might have – you know, you'll have better in a perfect world. You have better creators on your team, but he's not just a black hole as far as he can't dribble. Even uh, you know, going back to synergy, we like to pull synergy numbers a lot with some of the stuff. But like, you know, with the Bucks being such a fast-paced team, his highest you know percentage of offensive plays came in transition. That's a number one. Twenty-one percent of his offensive plays came in transition. Uh, but going down to isolation, fifteen uh, percent of his you know offensive plays was in isolation. He had two hundred and twenty-four possessions, and he has an excellent rating, a ninety-first percentile, one point zero eight points per possession uh, for Middleton in isolation. That that was kind of a a, a little bit of surprise. It was a little bit better than what I thought. And um, it just shows you that Middleton is a guy that not only can he fit alongside anybody, but he's a guy that can also put the ball on the floor. He can score off the dribble. He can get his own shot. Uh, he, Yeah, people are really sleeping on him if you don't think he, he deserves a max contract because if, Mo, if for some reason Milwaukee said, man, we're, I don't know if we're going to pay it, you're going to have every big market out there that is going to give him a max contract. So Milwaukee's going to pay the money and keep him. Yeah, like if you had to choose between Tobias and Middleton, it's like it's Middleton every single time. Oh, yeah. If you had to choose between Jimmy Butler and Middleton, I think I would go Chris Middleton. Nine out of ten times I'd do Middleton, yeah. Ooh, what's the tenth time? If you're a team that doesn't have an alpha dog score that says, I need a guy that can go, like, just, like, turn in playoff like mode <laughs> yeah yeah like that that would be my only thing that's the only thing jimmy adds a little bit more of that you know but not every team most ever every single team doesn't need that they need a middleton type right um weaknesses we kind of already went over this a little bit um but he's not gonna he's not your go-to scorer we mentioned he can be a good scorer I mean, he's a good complimentary scorer he's not your go-to guy you don't want to give him the ball and say we're gonna create a play like Isaac said he can create his own shot but you kind of want it to happen off of a broken play it's not like he's on the yeah. Kemba level or you know the Luca level where we're like okay we're designing plays for you to just create we're doing five out and you just take your guy off the dribble and, and win um, you know the Kawhi Giannis types he's not gonna be that guy so you kind of have to put him in his his, his role where he's going to fit and then the extra stuff you get really excited about. And that's what makes him such a, a great player. I don't think this is a category we're kind of bleeding into a different category of as far as like fit on the maps. I don't think he would play a Harrison Barnes type role. Yeah. As far as, Hey, let's just ISO him out, give him the ball, go do that. It would be a, you know, we didn't think that Harrison yeah. Barnes should have played the Harrison Barnes type role. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, Weaknesses is hard to come up with as far because you think and you look you look at it through a, a lens of his role, 
So yeah, a technical weakness would be he sh- he wouldn't be your alpha dog on you know in top leading score, but that's not really what I want him to be. So yeah, that makes sense. I guess it doesn't make sense, but it makes sense. Yeah, weaknesses maybe he's not as good of a one-on-one defender as you would like him to be. Um, he's not going to be your lockdown. He's not Kawhi, obviously. He's not Giannis. He's not Paul George, really. But he's a good he's a good defender one-on-one. But he's not as good as maybe. You're not getting like a guaranteed lockdown guy. Yeah, I mean, in the average four four assist a game, um, yeah, his possessions his possessions in the you know running the pick and roll uh, that was his second highest percentage of offensive plays was a pick and roll ball handler. Uh, they're not the best. That's the only category in which he he ranked a good in. He's in the 60th percentile of that in the league as far as a pick and roll ball handler. So I wouldn't say that uh, you know he is the the top option that you would want running a pick and roll and, you know, playmaking off of that. But once again, I don't think that, you know, that should be his role either. Right. Um, age comparison. Who are some guys that are the same age as him that would might surprise us or could be a player that um, you would compare yeah. him to? Yeah, well, so we uh, we just throw this in there of saying, hey, just to give perspective of what who's some other players in the league that are exact same age as him. And I literally just went to the NBA.com, looked at who all was 27 in the league, and said, okay, let's just pull out some notable names, and you draw your own conclusion. He's the same age as Kyrie Irving. He's the same age as Kawhi Leonard. He's the same age as Doug McDermott. Same age as Derek Favors. And he's the same age as C.J. McCollum. Does any of those surprise you either way? Kyrie kind of does. You just always feel like Kyrie is this really young guy. He's yeah. Not, he's not anymore. He's like NBA prime. He's entering his NBA prime right now. See, I kind of, I was a little bit surprised. I I have, I felt like that was CJ McCollum. I thought CJ McCollum, well, I just kind of always viewed him as like younger. Uh, Seth Curry is older than Chris Middleton. If some of you that might throw some of you off, if you're not familiar <laughs> kinda, about, kind of does. <laughs> um, so yeah, that I don't whatever you want to draw from that, but that just gives you uh, some players in the league that are the exact same age as Middleton. If you give him the four year max, you're obviously, I mean, do your math, you're obviously looking at him ending that contract around 31 years old, which would be great. That's yeah, solid. It's Prime exactly, it's like, exactly oh, well, the like, time you yeah. wanted to be. Uh, as yeah. far as availability and price. We just don't think he's going to be available. We think that the Milwaukee's just going to get him, uh, going to keep him, retain him, and that's I'm kind putting of, pr- that's kind of it. <laughs> in this in this category that we're going to do for every single free agent, I'm putting uh, for me personally, I'm putting a percentage on it uh, for each player. I'm gonna say this is a percentage that I think he could be a Maverick or a shot at him, and uh, you're gonna I might I might have some that sixty percent. I might have it thirty some at thirty percent for Chris Middleton. I'm putting a five percent. And would I love him on the Dallas Mavericks? Absolutely. Does he deserve a phone call at midnight? Absolutely. But it, where Milwaukee's at, they you don't get free agents a ton in Milwaukee. And when you're building your team around a Giannis, around a LeBron, around a Luka, around these playmaking you know, forwards, wings, you want guys around him that can play defense and that can hit three-pointers at a really good clip. That's Chris Middleton. So you're not going to let that go uh, whenever that's what you're searching for to build around Giannis. And then his price, he's going to come in at max, like you said, which his yeah. max his max is 30% of the cap. So he's going to make like 32, like 30 million next year. Yeah. And it's like what I said. I think a lot of people, casual NBA fans, might look at him and be like, yeesh. 
that's a lot of money for Chris Middleton. And that's just, I mean, I don't think you're going to be looking at it saying this is Mozgov in three years, you know, saying yeah. all the summer of 2016, blah, blah, blah. And the summer of 2019. Or now, even look, Chris yeah, it's not that. I mean, you're still. I mean, yeah, I mean, he can hit threes, and so he's fine. I would not blink an eye and pay him the max. Yeah, but we don't think he's gonna be available, which is no. su- sucky. But we yeah. wanted to to profile him just to give you guys an idea of, of who he is. And if that five percent does happen, then he becomes available, and the Mavericks get really happy if they're able to land him because he would fit, do- fit perfect with Luca and Porzingis. He would. Why do I give it a five percent? Because the league's crazy. You never know. And if a big time free agent yeah, like called up Mo- goes to the box, <laughs> called up Milwaukee and said, "Hey, I want to go play with Giannis," they would have to renounce, you know, Middleton's, you know, cap cap hold and bring in somebody like that. And I, we just nobody thinks that's going to happen. So, Kawhi and Giannis on the same team. I just thought about that. It'd be fun. Could happen. That that would be the true test of who wants to win a title, which I don't think you know Kawhi's kind of pass, well whatever. But if there's a you know if there was a, a top notch guy out there saying I really want to win a title, go play with Giannis. You had to move. You have to move to Milwaukee, but go do it. There you go. That's our profile on Chris Middleton. We'll do Malcolm Brogdon at a different date uh, because that one seems a little bit more likely than Chris Middleton. But we'll get into that. And that one's kind of a little bit more in depth. So we'll talk about that. Um, as always, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. You can find it on all the platforms, Overcast. You can also find it on the new Himalaya app. Go and check it out if you haven't tried Himalaya. It's a new podcast app. If you're sick of Apple Podcasts, if it mine used to crash all the time, my Apple Podcasts, so I wanted to try a different one. I got Podcast Addict, and I liked it. That was about four or five years ago. Now Himalaya's out. It's a new podcast app. Go check it out. You can find our podcast on there. Locked on Mavericks, as always. Subscribe to it if you're not subscribed. You're missing out on every day because it just comes to you, and you don't have to tweet us every day. Follow us on Twitter. I know a lot of you do already. Uh, Nick and I both follow Locked on Mavericks on Twitter, too. We tweet a lot of the episodes and stuff on there. And uh, If you ask fun questions, we'll yeah, we'll respond. We do. We, we do pretty well at responding to people. Unless you say stupid things, then you get muted. Just how it works. Some, somebody asked us today they wanted to come on to talk about Game of Thrones because they read the books. <laughs> and I, I would love to nerd out about that. But one, I don't want it to be ruined from the books because I'm in the process of reading the books. I had to get through grad school first and all of that before I can really get into back reading again. And I took a break from reading and now I'm back in it. But and in two, we're not really a Game of Thrones podcast, so I don't know if yeah. we could justify bringing on guests to talk about a TV show. But I like where your head was going with that. But yeah, shout anyway. out to Jimmy. Shout out to Jimmy for wanting to come on and explain it. Shout all out to, to us. Jimmy. We appreciate it. But uh, maybe if we if we have a different podcast at a different date, maybe we could. Do <laughs> if we ever start an entertainment podcast or something, we could do it. Something like that. So there you go, guys. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. <laughs>